A reading from the 16th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning with the 13th verse. Now when Jesus had come into the district of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with His angels in the glory of His Father. And then He will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Things are coming to a head in Jesus' ministry. He's about to transform towards setting His face toward Jerusalem. He's about to transition into something different, knowing that what He is headed for is not going to be pretty. He calls it suffering. He calls it being killed. And those things can be hard to hear someone that you want to follow and someone that you have great hope in say to you, right? To have someone you have tremendous hope for their life say to you, my purpose is to be killed, would be a little bit alarming. And in the midst of all that, 
in the midst of knowing that things were about to change for them, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that I am? What is the result of what I'm doing? What have my words brought? What impact have my deeds brought? Who do the people say I am? And they answered him and told him that some said he was John the Baptist and some said he was the prophet Elijah because they themselves had called Israel to repentance. They themselves had stood and said to the people, there's a different way to be. Just as Jesus had come and said, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And I believe Jesus was talking about himself. That he was near and present. And that because of that, we couldn't be separated or aren't separated by some great chasm that can't be crossed. But there's an invitation to us to know the kingdom. And so Jesus wants us to know that we can answer Peter's question with Peter. That any who want to follow Him go through this same place of suddenly realizing who He is. And so he asked them, Who do the people say I am? And as they answered, as they answered him, he then said, But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He could just as easily ask us that question today. We're gathered here. He might say, Why have you come? Why are you in this place? What brings you here? What is it that you believe about me that makes it necessary in your heart for you to come and sit and sing and listen and hear? Why are you here? Who do you say that I am? We are not exempt from that question. It is not a question that just belongs to first century Palestine. It is not a question that's only for Peter's ears or James and John's ears. It's a question for our ears. We're meant to hear it. We're meant to answer it. Who do we say He is? By our words? By our actions? By the things we hold on to? By the things we let go. By the things we bind. By the things we loose. Who do we say He is? How do we answer that question? In the face of Harvey. In the face of racial tension. In the face of hatred. In the face of unbridled and completely narrated exhaustion in our nation right now. Who does the church say He is? Is He God who creates, God who helps, God who loves, God who calms, God who sins? Is He the Lord who is great and awesome? Or is He powerless to change anything? Does He matter or not? Who do we say He is in the face of so much hurt and in the face of our own hurts? Because Peter's heart is hurt by Jesus' words. That's why he says, God forbid it, Lord. Whoever says, God forbid it, Lord, for something that's not scary? Nobody. God forbid, we say. God forbid that it would happen to me. We say those words because we feel threatened by whatever's in front of us. 
And Peter feels threatened, though he has answered Jesus' question in the exact way Jesus thought he should. Who do you say I am? Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter. Changed his name to a word that was not a name at that time, but just meant rock. He changed his name and said, upon this rock, upon your faith, upon your proclamation that I am the Messiah, I will build my church and the gates of death itself will not prevail against it. That no matter of hurt that sin and death can throw against my church will destroy my church. Because my church knows who I am. Who is he, church? Is he a powerless dead man sequestered to the tomb by the Roman Empire? Or is he the son of the living God? The living Messiah who calls us together today? I can't answer that question for you. But I can answer it for me. For your pastor, he's the Messiah. He's the son of the living God who calls me into healing and greater hope. He's the son of the living God who was giving me life when all I deserve is death. He's the son of the living God who calls me into healing even though I resist it like a two-year-old child. And that's what happens with Peter. Peter says, you're the son of the living God. And then Jesus began to teach them what must happen to him, that he must suffer and be killed. That he must go to Jerusalem, undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. All of those people who were charged with upholding the memory of the people that the Lord is great and awesome. He says, I must go before them and be humiliated by them and suffer and be put to death. And that's all Peter can hear. But you know, there's a challenge for us on the other side of saying He's the Christ, He's the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Because He's not just calling us to believe in Him, He's calling us to follow Him. And He's calling us to follow Him to a cross, to a place where we can say that our life and our wants are not the first thing. To a place where we can say that our selfishness is not what matters, that our idolatry is about what we need are secondary to Him. He's calling us to that cross. He's not calling us to a life of privilege and plenty. He's calling us to die. To die to ourselves and be raised to new life in Him. To let go of all our junk. To stop beating ourselves up for our sin. And let Him live in us. He's calling us to let go of all those things that don't matter and all those things that fight with Him for priority in our life. He's calling us to be His followers, not His believers. But it begins with that confession of answering the question, who do you say I am? But we should know before we answer that that question is a threat to who we are. If we say you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, then it calls us into a relationship where we live like that. And it's not easy. 
But the promise that He offers to us is that if we will lay down our lives for His sake, we will have life, not death. That's the part of it Peter didn't hear. He didn't just say that he would suffer and be killed. He said he would be raised. And dear ones, if He calls you to baptism, to lay down your life, He's calling you to be raised. If He calls you to trust in Him, knowing that it will mean you will have to put to death some junk in your life, some sin in your life, knowing you will have to allow God's Spirit to make you holy, to work in you, to heal you. And that you might have to quit pushing back against yourself and hating yourself and loathing yourself and holding up your guilt as your own private trophy. It might mean that you cease to be the center of your own attention. And for 99.8% of us, that's scary. Because we've been taught that we're the center of our lives. And the center of other people's lives. But the purpose of Christ is to be the center of our life. How we answer that question, who do you say I am? If we say you're a dead Jew, then there is no cost of discipleship because discipleship's not a concern. There's no reason to follow a dead Jew. Other people told us to love people. But if he's raised... If He truly is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, then the next part is truly for us. We're invited to give up our lives for Him so that we can have life. To stop holding sway over our own kingdoms. To lay down our idols. To lay down the things that we love more than Him. But even more church to let Him put those things to death in us. He invites us to take up our own cross and live. And that's why the Apostle Paul tells us that if we join in His death, in His death of suffering, if we join in His death, then the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead will raise us as well. On the other side of the question, who do you say I am? Is the question, will you follow me? It might cost you who you understand yourself to be right now, but it is worth it, he said. You will have life. Will you follow me or not, Peter? When Jesus said to him, get behind me, It's not like some thread. It's not like how people normally present it. He's just telling him where his place is. Following Jesus. Not leading Jesus around. Not telling Jesus what to do. Not telling Jesus who he is. Not telling Jesus that it's okay for him to wrestle with the guilt of his worst sin for the rest of his life. Not telling Jesus that it's up to him what he does with himself, with his money, with his finances, with his home, with his children, with his wife, with his husband. Her husband. The call to being Christ's person. So how we answer that question, 
who do you say I am, has broader implications than belief and faith. It asks us, who do we want to be? Who do we want to be? Do we want to be a people enslaved by the powers and the sinfulness and the evil of this world? Or do we want to be a people set free for life? And how we answer his question determines that. It reflects that. So what about you, church? What about us? I told you what I say. I say he's the Messiah. I say he's the risen son of God. The son of the living God. I say he holds up life for us. Release from our guilt. Release from our horrors we put on ourselves. Release from all the hurt and blame we cast on ourselves. He holds up for us release from all the things that would enslave us and destroy us. That's who he is to me. What do you say, church? I invite you to answer that question today as you come to his table. Say to him, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So that today you can hear his call to discipleship, to follow him, to learn from him, to trust him, to walk with him. To let him give you life. Let us pray. Lord, we are here today called by you. And you are about to invite us to your table. To come and receive in our very hands your life, your presence, your grace. Oh Lord, help us as we receive these things today. To remember that you are great and awesome. To confess with our heart that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And to offer ourselves to you anew. To be transformed by you. Help us, Lord, not to hang on to anything, but to give our whole self to you. That our concern would not be profiting in this world. That our concern would not be holding on to the right to beat ourselves up for our sins and our failures. Help us, Lord, to receive your cross as our own, to take up our cross and die to self so that we can live in you. We ask this in your precious name. Amen.